Hello and welcome to Dr. Jones's Veterinary Secrets Podcast. This is episode 109. In today's podcast, it's all about cats. Vaccines for cats. Should you vaccinate? And if so, with what? Cat food. You should be avoiding these foods, but feeding this. Cat urinary tract disease can be both prevented and treated this way, holistically. Dr. Jones's Veterinary Secrets is on all your favorite podcast apps, including Spotify, iTunes, and Stitcher. I'd love it if you would subscribe to my podcast and leave a review. Questions or suggestions, feel free to post a comment about this podcast episode on the blog at www.theinternetpetvet.com. Last but not least, I encourage you to sign up to my new cat health and nutrition webinar in which you'll learn what is best to feed, what to never feed, and my most important natural remedies for cats. It's happening Tuesday, March 30th, and the sign up is here, www.thecatsupplement.com forward slash webinar. Cat vaccines, the short of it, we should be vaccinating our cats less often with less components. The point of the vaccines is to protect our pets against serious diseases that can harm and in some cases kill them. In theory, obviously this is a wonderful idea, yet the problem is that we've gone from the one extreme of not having any way to prevent these infectious diseases, these infectious viruses, to then giving our cats developing vaccines for everything, giving them multiple vaccines every year, now leading to vaccine side effects. What are some of these vaccine side effects? Well, this is the words of Dr. Ronald Schultz. Annual revaccination provides no benefit and may increase the risk for adverse reactions. Uh, Dr. Ronald Schultz is a professor and chair of the Department of Pathobiological Sciences at the School of Veterinary Medicine and University of Wisconsin-Madison. This comes from Dr. Christina Chambro. Routine vaccinations are probably the worst thing that we do for our animals. They cause all types of illnesses, and these are definitely related to vaccinations. Repeating vaccinations on a yearly basis undermines the whole energetic well-being of our animals. Animals do not seem to be decimated by one or two vaccines when they're young. And veterinarian immunologists, they tell us that viral vaccines need to only be given once or twice in an animal's life. First, there is no need for annual vaccinations. And second, they definitely cause chronic disease. As a homeopath, it is impossible to cure an animal without first addressing the problems that the vaccines have caused the animal, no matter what the species. The conventional approach, it was to just to get annual booster shots. There's this huge growing body of evidence against vaccinating yearly. Unfortunately, most veterinarians are choosing to either ignore the research because one, they either feel that the benefits of the vaccines outweigh the risk, or they don't want to lose the income that comes from giving annual booster shots, and that's what gets clients coming in to the clinic yearly. The negative effects of vaccines can be a host of immune-related diseases, you know, immune-mediated hemolytic anemia, skin disease, vaccine-induced skin cancer in our cats, allergies, arthritis, leukemia, inflammatory bowel disease, and neurologic conditions, just to name a few. It's more and more common to see serious diseases in our cats, such as cancer and cats under the age of five. Autoimmune diseases are on the rise as well. There are links to most of the common chronic health diseases of cats due to over-vaccination. The big point here is to vaccinate your cat, but for only what is absolutely necessary, using a limited vaccine program. 
vaccine-associated sarcoma, this type of cancer that caused from vaccines, it's a serious risk in our cats. Vaccines continually stimulate the immune system, and in an older cat, this can bring a whole host of undesirable side effects. You know, researchers now are looking at you know organ conditions such as chronic kidney disease, linking that to vaccines. So here's the vaccine regimen that I advise, and this is what I would give if I were to have a young kitten. My opinion, kittens only need a series of two vaccine boosters, one at eight weeks, repeated at 12 weeks. I find that the most critical time to prevent infectious disease is at this young age. In small kittens, I prefer to wait until 12 weeks. If possible, delay giving the rabies vaccine until six months. So the kitten vaccine booster includes the eight-week booster of FERCP, that's feline viral rhinotracheitis, feline calicivirus. Those are the two flu virus vaccines and feline panleukopenia, which is known as feline distemper. You're then gonna give that as a booster at 12 weeks, the FERCP booster. Then you're going to want to delay giving the rabies vaccine until six months. In my opinion, feline leukemia virus vaccine should only ever be given to high-risk cats, those in multi-cat households, or outdoor cats surrounded by a large cat population. The rabies vaccine, you're delaying giving that to six months if it's even needed. If you have an indoor cat, you don't need to be giving the rabies vaccine, as you don't need to be giving any of the other vaccines. Ensure that the vaccines are given in the sub-Q tissue on the lateral sides of the right and the left legs. As far as the adult vaccine regimen, I would first suggest getting a tighter test and seeing if protective antibodies are present. If so, no further vaccines may be needed. My own personal vaccine plan, if I were to have a kitten, would be to give my kitten a series of the kitten vaccines, the eight-week, 12-week booster, and then I would give no further vaccines. Some of the vaccines, in my opinion, that are not advised for cats. Yeah, I don't advise vaccines for FIP, that's feline infectious peritonitis, feline bordetella, FIV, that's, fe that's feline immunodeficiency virus, and really limited use of the feline leukemia vaccine in cats. Clearly, you still wanna be bringing in your cat for this yearly veterinary exam, great option, but just not vaccinating them. Never vaccinate a sick or a weakened animal. If you've got a kitten that's showing sign of allergies, skin problems, just wait. You know, vaccinating a cat that already has a compromised immune system is almost surely gonna compound the problem. You know, while you have this young kitten, just make sure you keep your kitten in the house. You know, avoiding getting him outside, being exposed to other animals that may be unvaccinated and can bring infectious disease. These are suggested homeopathic treatments that many of the homeopaths will give after vaccination. So after vaccine, they suggest giving a dose of Thuya 30C. Then they suggest waiting one week, then giving a dose of Sulfur 30C once daily for seven days. Regardless, your big focus here is making sure your cat has a strong immune system so they can defend against diseases such as viruses. Obviously, and that's the goal of the vaccine. We're trying to make sure that your cat has adequate level of antibodies. He's not gonna get sick in the first place. So what are things that you can do that you boost your own immune system? You're gonna boost your own cat's immune system. Excellent nutrition, feeding home diets, raw food, regular exercise. Consider providing quality health supplements, such as my supplement, Dr. Jones's Ultimate Feline Health Formula. You know, avoiding conventional medication that can cause side effects, you know, such as NSAIDs, prednisone, using natural alternatives when possible. You continuing to question some of the conventional practices and ultimately it's a commitment by you as a concerned pet parent to be as empowered as possible. 
In other words, you're the one who's in charge of your cat's health and you're guiding those decisions. You're not letting, you know, the veterinarian, etc. say, you need to get these multiple vaccines. We need to do all these diagnostic tests. Or your cat needs to be on this medication. No, you're the informed one and you're making the decisions. Cat food. Well, what is going into your cat's mouth? No question, diet is one of the huge keys to a healthy cat. Some of the symptoms of a less than ideal diet may be bad breath, itchy skin, dull dry coats, intestinal disease. A common disease that can be attributed to diet in cats is diabetes. No question, commercial pet food does not provide all the nutrients that many cats need to be healthy at different times in their lives. This food also contains things your pet doesn't need, such as chemical additives, preservatives. Does this pet food contain all wholesome ingredients? Unfortunately, the pet food industry is an extension of the human food and agriculture industries. Pet food provides a market for animal fat, grains considered unfit for human consumption, and similar waste products turn into profit. This waste includes intestines, udders, etc., possibly disease and cancerous animal parts. How about the problems with grains? Grains are prevalent. They are one of the least expensive food ingredients. They're far less costly than animal protein. Grains help in binding the kibble together. Think of them as a form of glue. Glue is great if you're trying to make something stick together, but it's not something I advise that you're feeding to your cats. These high carbohydrate diets clearly negatively impact our cats. Carnivores, which is our cats are, they cannot maintain long-term production of certain enzymes, such as amylase, which are necessary to properly digest and utilize the carbohydrates. Cats lack an enzyme called salivary amylase, further evidence that they're not designed to digest carbohydrates. They have only 5% of the pancreatic amylase and 10% of the intestinal amylase of dogs. Cats lack the liver enzyme glucokinase, which is used to break down blood sugar. Blood sugar becomes markedly elevated after a large carbohydrate meal, but cats lack the ability to rapidly break it down. This has implications for the increased incidence of diabetes in cats. By flooding your cat's blood with glucose that they can't break down, we are overwhelming the pancreas, ultimately seeing a decrease in insulin production, a decrease in the ability of your cat cells to respond to the insulin, and they become diabetic. Then there's the toxins in pet food. Consider some of these shocking stats from the Clean Label Project. They completed a study of over a thousand different pet food products in 80 brands. Products were screened for over 130 different toxins, including heavy metals, BPA, pesticides, and other contaminants with links to cancer and other health conditions in both people and animals. They found that some pet food contains 16 times more lead than Flint River, Michigan's tainted water. They found 980% more BPA in pet food than was found in a can of chicken soup. They compared cigarettes to pet food. Pet food had 260% more cadmium. Some pet food had almost 2,000% more arsenic. Some pet food had almost 500% more lead. The big point here is that tainted pet food is one of the biggest reasons of this epidemic of illness in our cats at younger and younger ages. You know, some of these carcinogens in our cat's food include preservatives such as BHA, BHT, ethoxyquin. Then there's mercury poison. You can limit mercury poisoning by avoiding things like fish byproducts. Then there's the Teflon chemicals. For cats, likely sources of exposure include food contaminated with PFCs, leaching from pet food bag coatings. And there's another toxin, BPA. This is a toxin found not only in plastic, but also in the tins of cat food. You want to search out quality holistic pet food companies that are trying to make sure that there is not BPA leaching out of the canned cat food. There is a direct correlation between canned 
cat food ingestion, and the incidence of hyperthyroidism in our cats. So knowing all this, what do you do? Well, first of all, vary your cat's food. So number one, stop feeding kibble. More than anything else for our cats can make the biggest, biggest difference in the health of your cat. You're getting rid of that high carbohydrate, sort of poor quality cat food. But the biggest thing with Even if you're getting like so-called healthy dry cat kibble, it can't be healthy because there are so many carbohydrates in it, which are causing so many problems in our cats. So if you can do one thing, switch to can, protein dense quality cat food. It has virtually no carbohydrates. Then choose from a variety of quality pet foods and rotate these foods every two to three months. And I'm doing this with my own cat Murray. Number two, homemade diet. Here's some key points for homemade cat food diets. Number one, focus on the protein with balanced amino acid profiles that best suit cats, chicken, turkey, and duck. Number two, no carbohydrates, as in no rice, no potato, sweet potato, corn, etc. Number three, additional balanced fat is necessary. A good omega-6 to 3 balanced fat that I prefer is sunflower oil, but you can also use coconut oil. Number four, an omega-3 fatty acid supplement should be added in the form of krill oil, fish oil, or flax oil. Krill is the most nutrient-dense and beneficial of all the products with a great EPA, DHA fatty acid profile, also containing the antioxidant astaxanthin. It's also high in vitamin D. Number five, calcium is required as bones are not being consumed. I prefer eggshells, dried, roasted in the oven for 10 minutes, then ground up with a coffee grinder. You can also use over-the-counter calcium carbonate. Number six, vitamins. Vitamin D is needed, but it's in the egg yolks and red meat, as well as being in high levels in the krill or fish oil. Vitamin E is in the sunflower oil and the coconut oil. Number seven, minerals. Iron is in the animal protein. Zinc is in the meat and flax seeds. Chlorine and calcium are added. Number eight, fiber. Canned pumpkin, and if needed, ground flax are good options. Here's some specifics called feeding your cat. Know the basics of feline nutrition by Dr. Lisa Pearson, DVM. Her site is at catinfo.org. Diet is the brick and mortar of health. Cats have a much better chance at optimal health if they're fed a canned food diet instead of dry kibble. Putting a little thought into what you feed your cats can pay huge dividends over their lifetime and very possibly help them avoid serious, painful, life-threatening, and costly illnesses. An increasing number of nutrition-savvy veterinarians are now strongly recommending the feeding of canned food instead of dry kibble. However, many veterinarians are still recommending or condoning the feeding of dry food to cats. Sadly, this species' inappropriate source of food only serves to promote the diseases in our cats, as discussed below. Like medical doctors for humans, veterinarians receive very little training in school regarding nutrition. And what is discussed is often taught by representatives of large pet food companies or the curriculum is sponsored and heavily influenced by members of the commercial pet food industry. This represents a significant conflict of interest. After we leave veterinary school, the most common available source of nutrition education continues to be the large pet food companies that manufacture so-called therapeutic slash prescription diets. So unfortunately, the result is that veterinarians are not always the best source of nutrition advice. All cats can be switched to a water-rich, low-carb diet if their caregivers are very patient and try enough tricks. And exactly what's wrong with the dry cable, including any prescription diets sold by your veterinarian? Well, she says there are three key negative issues associated with dry food. Number one, the water content is too low, predisposing your cat to very serious and life-threatening urinary tract diseases, including extremely painful and often fatal and very expensive urethral obstructions. Number two, the carbohydrate level, it's too high. Possibly 
possibly predisposing your cat to diabetes, obesity, and intestinal disease. Note that low-carb dry foods are not healthy diets since they're still water depleted and are harshly cooked resulting in nutrient loss and alteration. Number three, the type of protein. It's too high in plant versus animal-based proteins. Our cats, they're obligate carnivores and they're designed to eat meat not grains and plants. Grains only serve to enhance the profit margin of the pet food company and do not promote the health of your cat. Our cats, they are strict carnivores, which mainly are designed to get their protein from meat, not from the high levels of grains, peas, potatoes found in dry food. Contrary to a popular myth, dry food exerts no beneficial effect on dental health, and it has no scientific support for its use in preventing dental disease. It is often swallowed whole, but even if it's chewed, it is brittle and simply shatters, providing no abrasive force against the teeth. All dry foods, they're very low on water, which can wreak havoc on your cat's urinary tract and put him at great risk for life-threatening and excruciating painful urethral obstructions and possibly cystitis. Our goal here is to feed a diet that nature intends for our carnivores, staying as close as possible to the form and nutritional composition that our cats would eat in the natural setting. So lastly, I wanted to give you this basic cat recipe and one which you should consider at least feeding your cat once a week. And I've been trying to make this for my own cat, Murray, weekly, sometimes even twice a week. So the average cat, the average 10 pound cat, would eat approximately one third a cup of food twice a day. The most important ingredients include a good quality balanced protein, poultry is best, a balanced omega-6 to 3 fat, sunflower oil, additional calcium, and added taurine. As most diets are taurine deficient, and cats require this amino acid in their diet for normal heart and eye function. Additional fiber. Some cats can become constipated if only on a homemade diet, so additional fiber may be necessary. You can use one teaspoon of canned pumpkin, only the pumpkin not pie filling, or one teaspoon of ground flax. Both are great sources of fiber and do provide additional nutrients. So here's the basic cat recipe. It includes fresh, boneless, skinless chicken breast, one pound, one tablespoon of sunflower oil used to cook the chicken, fish oil, one tablespoon, or krill oil, 500 milligrams, Morton's light salt, a quarter of a teaspoon, iodized salt, a quarter of a teaspoon. You need a calcium source, so that includes either the ground eggshell, a half a teaspoon, which is a thousand milligrams, or calcium carbonate without vitamin E, the Tums, two tablets an adult multivitamin mineral supplement, or one scoop of Ultimate Feline Health Formula, and lastly, taurine powder, which is essential for cats, a quarter of a teaspoon or one 500 milligram tablet. You wanna saute the chopped chicken breast and the oil until thoroughly cooked, sunflower oil is best. After it's cooked, chop it into small pieces, grind the Tums or the eggshell, then mix together with the Ultimate Feline or, or the multivitamin mineral mix, adding in the krill or fish oil and the taurine supplement together. Add that all to the cooled mixture store in the refrigerator the average cat will eat approximately a third of a cup well packed twice daily but they may eat this entire amount of the recipe for a day this recipe makes about one cup cat urinary tract disease also known as idiopathic cystitis, feline lower urinary tract disease. What are the signs? Well, FLUPTD can first appear as signs of bladder irritation. Your cat will be frequently urinating, straining to urinate, have bladder pain. He or she may excessively lick their genitals, and there's often blood in the urine. Sometimes they're going to urinate outside the litter box as they seem to prefer cool, smooth surfaces like tile floor or a bathtub. The disease is so named idiopathic because we really don't know the underlying cause. 
there's marked inflammation of the bladder, the bladder lining is thickened, and then there's a resulting blood in the urine. Some are related to diet, there may be bacteria or viruses that affect the bladder, the immune system may overreact and attack the lining of the bladder, or it can simply be a response to stress, such as having another cat in the house or not letting your cat go outside. It can be seen in cats of any age, but is most frequently in middle-aged, overweight cats that get little exercise, use an indoor litter box, and eat a dry food diet. What are the solutions? Number one, see your veterinarian. If your cat is straining to urinate and not producing any urine, it is imperative that you have him examined immediately. He may be blocked with a bladder stone, in which case he'd need emergency care. It's a great idea to have the urine checked for any urinary tract problems. Then you're able to know exactly what's going on and use the appropriate remedy. The big point here is looking at what you're feeding your cat. Like all these dry cat foods, any dry kibble, it is dangerously low in water. And that is the big thing is wreaking havoc on your cat's urinary tract, putting him and her at great risk for this life-threatening disease. Look at some form of glucosamine supplement. Glucosamine and chondroitin have been recommended for cats with feline lower urinary tract disease. They're building blocks of the protective glycosaminoglycan layer of the bladder. Dr. Jones's ultimate feline health formula contains these ingredients in effective levels more water. You want your cat to be drinking as much as possible. Sometimes even just chlorine will deter adequate water consumption. Just get yourself a water filter, right? That can encourage water consumption. Regardless of the underlying cause, additional fluid intake is mandatory. You know, for cats, I suggest feeding only canned food, getting rid of all the kibble. Any type of quality canned food will be helpful, not just the veterinary foods. The high protein will produce a slightly acidic urine and the canned food will dramatically increase the fluid to flush out the bladder. Learn how to give sub-Q fluids. I show you on my YouTube channel exactly how to give sub-Q fluids to your cat. What this means is you're actually getting an IV fluid set, so an IV fluid bag, the IV drip set, and you're actually putting a small amount of this fluid with a needle in between the shoulder blades of your cat is given just under the skin. It's surprisingly very easy to learn how to do. I had many clients doing this in practice and it's something where just the act of increasing the fluids or giving the fluid under the skin, these cats often feel sick, they stop drinking, so they will get them rehydrated. Secondarily, as all that fluid goes into your cat and it fills up into the bladder, it causes the bladder wall to stretch and when that happens, that provides pain relief, then all that additional fluid will flush out all those inflammatory cells. So in some people, some cats, that's all they needed was sub-Q fluids. I encourage you to learn how to do it. It's on the YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash veterinary secrets. Natural hormone. Pheromones in the facial glands, they convey messages of peace and contentment. There's a product called Feel Away available from your veterinarian, available on Amazon. It contains these facial pheromones. This can be sprayed in your cat or you can put it in as a diffuser. And many cats that have FLUTD respond really well to Feel Away. L-theanine, this is an amino acid found in green tea. It's been shown to decrease anxiety, so it can be also very helpful for cats with FLUTD. The dose is a half of a tablet, 25 milligrams, twice daily. CBD or cannabidiol, this is a great option for cats with FLUTD as it's a natural anti-inflammatory, it concentrates in the bladder, as well as naturally decreasing anxiety in our cats. So it's working two ways. It's naturally decreasing inflammation because it concentrates in the bladder, so it's a natural anti-inflammatory, as well as it's decreasing anxiety, which is a key cause of many of the cats have uh, urinary tract disease. We're looking at standard doses of my uh, supplement, Dr. Jones's Ultimate CBD for Dogs and Cats, of three milligrams per 10 pounds twice daily 
daily, and that would be one drop twice a day. You can consider Bach Rescue Remedy as another source of natural anti-anxiety relief. It's made from one of these flower remedies. Lots of cats respond to it. You're looking at doses of one drop twice daily in your cat's mouth. Try it for three to four weeks. Consider Dandelion. This is a key diuretic which will draw additional water into the urinary tract. Many of the cats that have FLUTD, they need all this additional fluid to flush out the inflammatory cells. The dose of the dandelion leaf tincture is a half a mil per 10 pounds of body weight twice daily. You can also consider parsley and nettle as other herbal diuretics. Then lastly, I encourage you to consider this one product called DMSO or dimethyl sulfoxide. It's derived from pine trees as a byproduct of paper manufacturing and was first isolated in the mid 1800s by a Russian chemist. It's also naturally found in garlic as one of the roots 70 plus sulfur compounds. With its ability to penetrate tissues, DMSO shows value in reducing pain and inflammation in FLUTD, and it's an approved treatment by the FDA for cystitis in people. The way you would use it would be applying one dropper full in the groin twice daily for 14 days, and then as needed. I really encourage you guys to consider DMSO if it's sort of one of those remedies you've never heard of. It's very inexpensive. I picked up a mid-sized bottle in my co-op for about $10, lasts a long, long time, and unfortunately I never did use it in veterinary practice, but I've heard some great results um, from many of the holistic veterinarian and from many pet parents. So thank you guys for listening to this edition of the Veterinary Secrets Podcast. This was the Cat Podcast at Podcast 109. Questions or comments, feel free to post a comment on my blog at www.theinternetpetvet.com. Then I really encourage you to sign up for my new webinar, Cat Health and Nutrition, What to Feed Your Cat, What Not to Feed Your Cat, and my top natural remedies for cats. You can sign up by going here, www.thecatsupplement.com forward slash webinar.